What is going on, you guys? I'm Matt. And I'm Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the TentacleBot Podcast. And today we've got a little something fun that we're going over. And I'm actually really excited to break down this record. Gabe, why don't you talk to us and tell us what we are breaking down this week? Yeah, today we're going to be breaking down the new album, Wallflowers, by the band Ginger. That's a J-I-N-J-E-R. This album was released on August 27th of 2021 on Napalm Records. And the band members are uh, in... They're, oh boy, these, these, these names are, are a, bit, a bit rough, so bear with me here. Uh, they are going to be Tatiana Shmeliuk on vocals, Roman Ibram Khalilov on guitar, Eugene Avdukanov on bass, and Vladislav Ulasevich on drums. The, uh, they are a Ukrainian band, mm-hmm. so I inevitably butchered these names, and for that... I apologize. Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell me about your first impressions on this one? Yeah, so um, going into this record is the first thing I could think of, and uh, really after the the massive traction the band had received off of the success of their song Pisces, mm-hmm. um, for um, those who may not be familiar with it, but it was a huge sensation on YouTube. There was a lot of YouTube reactions, and a lot of people uh, were really just taken by complete surprise at the this um this song and what ends up happening is you that that song starts off in this very quiet soft um environment and you're sitting there and you're like oh this is like a, a really chill vibe and the chorus hits and it literally feels like you get punched in the gut and it's this the vocal technique of Tatiana and going from such a a clean, a very soft, clean um, singing into this mid, um, almost low tone, um, in a way, almost even guttural kind of tone in their screaming voice is such a contrast that a lot of people are like, there's no way that this is her doing this. Um, and you listen to the whole song and it's actually recorded in a, uh, it's a live performance in a, like a live studio. And it's, um, huge huge success that the the band has received um so again like after seeing the traction that they had received as i was going into this record worried that we're just gonna see pisces 2.0 or the a record of pisces songs and the one thing i can say confidently is this is not just a just pisces all the way through uh, which I, I was really happy with. Yeah, absolutely. The this album has a lot of really neat parts to it. There's elements of really heavy elements of prog. Um, there's a elements of black metal, thrash, and just good old fashioned metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tatiana screams honestly rival those of many males that are dominating the genre today, and it just kind of really goes to further prove that Ginger isn't a gimmick, but they're mm-hmm. actually a force to be reckoned with. Um, my only complaint on this album, or really specific to the songs and like the lyrical content on some of them. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell me about your musical impressions? Yeah, so um, musically, and you kind of were hitting some of it, um, is, again, they're just a force to be reckoned with. There's a lot of really groovy elements to it. Um, 
a lot of really strong like metalcore elements. Um, there's some aspects where it almost reaches like deathcore kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the thrash. Um, one of the things I found being, um, I felt like I was reminded of a lot was Lamb of God, and it's not just because of Tatiana screaming, where like her mid range sounds a lot like Randy from Lamb of God, mm-hmm. but it's also in some of the guitar playing and some of the drumming. There were just some sections where I kind of sat there and I'm like. This sounds like it's ripped out of a Lamb of God song, and I, I don't say that in a bad way, but it, it's just that familiarity. It was just kind of like that's cool. Um, yeah, the the cool thing musically about this one is that um, all the music was well, not all of it, most of the music was um, done and produced and whatnot uh, by the drummer uh, Vladislav. Oh, okay, that's so awesome. I the, didn't the, know that. The really progressive direction that we're seeing them take the instrumentals is really his doing. Okay, which, and that it, makes which is sense. really cool because like we see the guitars and the drums have this really unique kind of syncopation between the two mm-hmm. that I feel like only a drummer could write. Yeah, and I and I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, Tatiana's voice is super tight and controlled throughout the entire record, and the just all of the instrumentals are doing really well. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the instrumental portion of this album. Yeah, and and that's really like you you can't give them enough praise. Like you could sit there and say. And, and according to the official band website, the femme fatale Tatiana up at the front as she's delivering these really good clean vocals, whether it be the kind of somber clean similar to what Pisces did, but just kind of in a new twist. Um, and it was kind of nice because it was like if they took aspects of Pisces and they just kind of broke the song apart and just kind of threw one here, threw a piece here, threw a piece here, and that's kind of sprinkled through the record. So it's nice seeing those similarities, but they never feel like it's just a rehashing of Pisces. Where Thyard is Murder, there are some songs that are just kind of like Reign of Darkness just with mm-hmm. a, a new coat of paint. None of these songs are Pisces or a, a, a mimic of. Um, and it's nice to have you know her being the the front woman of this group and being able to provide such a a shock and off vocal delivery in her cleans and screams but the three instrumentalists they brought a, a really really tight knit um really composition and you just listen to them and you can't give them enough credit with how the, this record was done mm-hmm. absolutely so next up, um, let's just honestly jump into the lyrical review. And Gabe, you kind of started to um, kind of allude to something that you were you had some gripes with on the lyrics. So why don't you break that down? I do. So some of these songs were written just fine. They were mm-hmm. they told their story. Um, I, I read the interview with uh, Tatiana and Apple Music mm-hmm. uh, that kind of broke down like the songs individually and talked about like what they kind of meant and how they were uh, lyrically speaking. Um, but a few of them I had issue with because they took the a subject in that particular song. Um, for example, uh, pearls to the uh, what is it? Pearls and swine. Pearls and swine. Yeah. Yeah. So like that song, that song specifically, uh, they take that pearls and swine nomer and basically mm-hmm. like the the whole point. I'll get into this later when we actually break into the actual song, but it's a particular phrase and. The the phrase basically means like don't throw yourself in front of fools. Yeah, it, it's taken from a, a biblical uh, terminology. I forget exactly where it's found, mm-hmm. but it's um, and they just take that idea and they beat it to death. Like mm-hmm. every other line of the song has something to do with pearls or swine and pigs and stuff, and it's yeah. just 
it, it's too much. Like it, it's just way too on the nose. Um, another example would be the song Disclosure, which had to do with a, a poor interview that they had done where the interviewer had painted them in a really poor light as a result of the questions that he was asking. Okay. And while I understand and recognize the concept and the anger in the song, it just, the lyrical content of it was really just, just too, too on the nose. Like there was no illusion. There was no metaphor whatsoever to it. It just felt like they were writing in a journal mm-hmm. and it, I, I, I guess my complaint is just that it wasn't really poetic. Okay. Um, People may find that like the more straightforward uh, point to it a little bit more appealing. That's not really my style. That's fair. And I I can respect that. And one thing that's kind of nice is when some songs are at least a little bit more upfront in like their meaning is it's kind of nice because it's just like, okay, we're just getting straight to the point. But there is kind of a a nice piece of like having that little bit of mystery, not putting everything completely out there, but kind of hiding a little bit of it just to leave it open to interpretation. And and I understand like making your point very well across. Like I don't have an issue so much with that as so much as like the way that it was written, like disclosure specifically, it was written like it was just an angry old person's rant on Facebook. That's fair. And so, like, it, because of the way that songwriting structure occurs, mm-hmm. like, there's no real punctuation to yeah. it. Obviously, there's uh, shortened phrases and stuff like that. And all, all of these different elements that kind of came into it just sounding like it's an old person ranting about politics on Facebook kind of thing. Yeah. And obviously, that wasn't what it was. And there may just be some loss in translation since they are a Ukrainian band and that is their their first language, uh, whatever the, the nation in Ukraine. Ukraine speaks. I'm not entirely familiar. Yeah, um, I'm not sure either. But like, so there may be that translation loss as they convert all of their songs into English. Mm-hmm. But I can't say for certain. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Um, lyrically, um, I'll just kind of throw throw my kind of two cents in is. I feel like there was no real theme all the way through the record other than it was just kind of just about life. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I thought was kind of neat is looking to be um, the, really the first two songs, Call Me a Symbol and then Colossus, is it felt like they were two very different identities. It was um, Call Me a Symbol um, seemed to kind of be speaking, uh, and I'm not sure who was the one who writes the lyrics. I'm not sure if it's Tatiana or if it's From one of the other. what I was reading, it's a conglomerate of the band. Okay. Um, they all bring different songs that they write to the forefront. Okay. Um, so then um, I'm not sure who wrote Call Me a Symbol then. I'm not sure if Tatiana may have gone I into that detail. it was Eugene. Okay. But go ahead and continue. Yeah. Talking. So with Call Me a Symbol, is it kind of comes off as... Um, very strong with like ego and just kind of like I am perfection and like everybody else is just like I step on you because I am just better than you. Um, And then you listen to Colossus and it's a complete opposite where this one is kind of like, you know, I, I, I've crumbled and I'm pretty much nothing. So it's kind of cool seeing the, the very strong difference. So you don't just get, this this picture painted where it's like oh as a band we are perfect and like the ego takes over but it also shows like the rise and fall of just humanity just as as we are as individuals because you know sometimes we could sit there and like oh you know i feel great because people tell me that i'm awesome and then at, at a flip of a switch is everything can just come crumbling down and just you feel as low as dirt yeah, so Call Me a Symbol was written by Tatiana. Colossus was written by Eugene. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there, and I'll get a little bit more into to my thoughts on those here in a minute. But before yeah. we jump into that, let's go ahead and jump into the album artwork. Uh, so on this album, we uh, it features black and white art with the band name in the upper left corner and the album title Wallflowers in a vertical direction on the bottom left corner. There is a single flower seeming to uh, wilt, and it uh, definitely seems like a wallflower. Mm-hmm. Matt, why don't you tell me your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so this one, this is a very minimalist cover um, or album cover. And one of the things I thought is the the flower that you would reference is you can kind of see a couple a uh, little bit underneath. And it almost looks as if the flowers are attached to a tree branch. So it almost looks like a nature photo, but it's just you're only getting a little bit of it in this black and white photo. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I maybe I didn't look at the art nearly enough or I'm, I wasn't seeing something that was trying to be portrayed. But I, I don't know that there was a message that you would be able to take out of it. Um, but it was kind of a almost just a pleasant album art to look at. There mm-hmm. was nothing nothing too crazy one side or the other. Yeah, it's definitely aesthetically pleasing. Um, there's also a large white streak down uh, towards the left-hand side of the album. Uh, this was revealed in the interview with Tatiana on Apple Music that um, the original title for the album was actually going to be As I Boil Ice, which is the 10th song on the record. Okay. Um, and so that is representing an icicle. Uh, honestly, had I not read this interview, I never would have guessed that. The, honestly, my guess was I thought it was just like a tree branches that had just gotten the kind of awkward lighting. And yep. especially if you look at the way it's shaped, is it almost looks as if it's um, the shadows kind of going into, I guess, the curvature of a branch or kind of like an indention. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was kind of thinking. So that is kind of interesting. Yeah. But so like that was the original plan. But then Wallflower just kind of felt to to the band. It felt more of like it was a... Uh, it fit the overarching theme better okay. uh, because while there isn't necessarily like a theme throughout the album, uh, several of the songs have to do with um, uh, Tatiana specifically her uh, introspective or uh, introvertness. Okay. Introvertedness. There's the word for it. Um, so they, they focus a lot of, on that um, wallflower as well as as I boil ice are both two very big songs regarding that particular uh, struggle that she has with it. That makes sense. So that's gonna. Uh, now we're gonna jump into the track by track breakdown, where we're gonna go um, track by track, and we're just gonna give a breakdown, give our thoughts, and just kind of talk about what we thought about it. We're, we're gonna do a track by track breakdown. We're we gonna go do a track, track by, by track, track breakdown. breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I I'm just trying to make sure to really convey that message. Did I do a good job? Whatever. Call me a symbol. <laughs> Out the gate. Good Lord, they bring the heavy on this album. Yes, they do. Uh, Tatiana's voice showcases what it does so well, and the the band does as well. The The prog roots are definitely felt in this song, especially during the bridge section. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got kind of like that weird dissonant, almost um, uh, like a... Honestly, almost kind of like how Between the Barrier to Me does theirs. Oh, uh, yeah. Not Obviously not quite as fast and not quite as weird but like a lot of the same musical uh flow of it really kind of fits along in that same progressive vibe to it right and the cool thing about this song is it's not a super fast song Mm -hmm. it is it it almost feels like what the band kind of did is like oh we can go fast with this record and we can play fast we can play heavy but we're not going to just straight out the gate. But instead, what they did is they wanted to groove more. 
Yeah, um, and that you really see what the instrumentals would end up kind of looking like or feeling like throughout the record, and they made sure to showcase that really early. Yeah, they, they the way the music is composed by uh, Vladislav is just it has this almost swirling effect to it mm-hmm. where like all of the instruments are blending so well together. It almost just feels like you're in a spiral as you're listening to these riffs and like it, it's present on this song, but it's also present on a number of them too. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was like a really cool function to, to hear. Yeah. And, and that's definitely one thing. And you kind of just said it just a moment ago, but it, it's again, you just see it so much in the record and, that consistency is something that I don't think a lot of bands carry with them mm-hmm. is I think they're trying to experiment so much between song, you know, from song to song to song that they, they don't really allow themselves to show themselves fully in the song without going in. Okay. This is this band trying to go and do this. And then this band's trying to do this and they're trying to pull themselves in too many different directions while also trying to trying to somehow, stay within a mold mm-hmm. which is kind of kind of unfortunate because there's a lot of bands that can do you know in the certain mold properly it's just they're trying to pull themselves into too many directions yeah. Uh, then we jump into the song Colossus. Matt, why don't you hit me with what you got on that one? Dude, this the start of this song is so sick. And it, it's a very bouncy riff. Um, and we really see in the choruses, Tatiana is, we start to see her cut loose um, in regards to her clean vocals or her clean singing. And you actually hear, and I think this is actually the only song where you really start to hear the higher um, parts of her clean vocal range, mm-hmm. which is nice to hear. Um, unfortunately, just, I feel like a lot of vocalists just don't really show off the entirety of their range as much as they could, considering how some of them are just very, very talented and should be showing off. Yeah. Um, she she also just doesn't hold back when she screams. I mean, she just, even in Call Me a Symbol, she just comes in and she tells you how it is, and you hear just the raw aggression and a, kind of that punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I, I said it before, but I'll say it again. Like Tatiana's voice is honestly better than so many of the other like male vocalists that are mm-hmm. out there of bigger bands. Yeah, and it, it's it's really impressive what she's capable of doing with her uncleans, and I really respect it. Um, on this song, the bass is also a bit more noticeable in it, and I really dig it. Um, Eugene gets a, a chance to really kind of show off a little bit more. Uh, Tatiana says that it was written by Eugene and she knows that it's politically motivated but she doesn't okay. exactly know the details of that but That's she she okay. feels that it's more just about humanity as a whole and uh, about human nature and just kind of like how we slowly degrade ourselves yeah um, another thing to note and it's present on the entire album again just that the guitars and the drums are super in sync and it really presents just a neat effect throughout the album yeah no for sure and like honestly we're in song two already and we're already in it to win it so I'd say we're already in a, a good spot Absolutely. jumping into number three is vortex and you talked about just everything kind of feeling like a spiral and you know this this is basically a song title that's circle-ish yes the 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 title of the song the lyrical content of it the spiraling effect of the music like it this song is what i feel is the best representation of an embodiment of a vortex that we have currently Mm -hmm. i don't know that any band has been able to capture the embodiment of what one is yeah until ginger's done it here and i think that's just that's really something impressive to do is to kind of capture that kind of feeling yeah um it, it, and again, it's just really to kind of highlight that 
Vladislav is really taking the creative helm in the majority of it. And it just, it's an interesting correlation between them all. And I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. The, um, the other neat thing to note about Vortex here is that it was the first single on the album that was released. And it was kind of an interesting take on the release since they're making this push towards the progressive side of things, which hasn't been seen as nearly as much in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with this one, like it is a very different break from their previous material. Yeah. Well, st- like it still has the core roots of what ginger is, but I feel like it's, it's a pretty significant break of what they had and it shows how they're evolving and, as you all know, we're big fans of evolving in music here. <laughs> Bingo. Matt, why don't you hit me up with your yeah, uh, um, thoughts? So the first thing I thought of, it, and this was really, um, when when the song first started is, I was actually a little bit worried because it had a lot of those Pisces vibes um, with the really um, almost minimalist, very soft instrumentals. And you hear Tatiana, again, just backing it up with the very soft vocal singing um, and so I'm sitting, you know, I kind of got worried that I was like, oh, here's just going to be a Pisces, uh, rehash. But as soon as we hit what I would assume is the chorus is I it really, I was able to just kind of take a breath of fresh air and be like, okay, this is not just a rehashing of that song. Yeah. Song um, structure is a really loose concept on this album. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's for sure. They're, they're pretty all over the place, but it's a, a respectable because it's, Every component seems to just fit perfectly. It's just this puzzle piece doesn't seem to make sense, but it fits and it you you know you're you're starting to see the big picture a lot better just as it kind of goes on. Uh, we get a really, really heavy segment in this song, uh, which we see again sprinkled out throughout the entirety of the record. And this song, honestly, as a single, is a really, really good um again, representation of what to expect with Ginger moving forward and a, a culmination of what they've done so far. So I got to I gotta give them the uh, kudos where I can. Mm, absolutely. And then that's where my kudos stop because then we go into song four, Disclosure. This starts off feeling like something you could hear off rock radio. I really don't like this song. I don't mind it. It's definitely neat in how it it, again it starts off as something you can hear off rock radio i can't put my my finger on what the sound reminds me of i almost said grunge when i was kind of listening to it at first but i was like no 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 no, that's not right you're Um, correct it's not right yeah (laughs) so you know trying to kind of kind of point my finger but then going into the back half is that's where we really start to kind of return to the um really just ginger heavy that we know of at this uh, up to this point. And I was like, okay, this, this is not a terrible song. It was catchy in parts. The chorus is pretty simple and easy to get caught up with. Um, I kind of just want to hear what your, uh, your big gripes on this one are, man. So I, I already brought up quite a bit of it when we talked about the lyrical content uh, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the cast here. But um, just to kind of reiterate that, this honestly just feels like a call-out song yeah, like that a early rapper would do. And I, I just don't like that format to begin with. That's fair. Um, I understand the weight and the gravity of the situation that they were put in. Like that That's a garbage situation with the, the interview, interviewer being kind of a garbage person. Yeah. But I feel like there's better ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And this... As I mentioned before, this honestly just feels like they came out and they were angry at this person, so they wrote a post about it on Facebook. But it was just a loo- 
it, it ju- alluded to it just enough that you didn't necessarily know what was going on until you asked, hey, what's going on? Right. And then they're the kind of people that are just like, I don't want to talk about it. But you just made this giant post on Facebook. Yeah. It, it, that, that's the kind of vibe that it gave me. Whether that was the full intent, full intention or not, I can't say for sure. But like that's why I it just rubbed me the wrong way. And then just musically, I felt like this one just kind of, because of the lyrics, became a little bit grating towards me. Yeah, and the, the definitely I noticed that the the technicality of the instrumentals on this one was pulled down a lot, um, and that's I think part of another reason that I was kind of feeling the like radio rock kind of vibes with it. Um, but definitely wasn't, um, I really didn't have those, those same gripes as you did. Um, but I I can completely understand your, um, your perspective on it. No, Um, Matt, we are two completely unique people, but I demand that we are the same. Otherwise, (laughs) two people thinking differently, who'd have thunk? It's almost like the whole reason that I have a co-host for this podcast. (laughs) Shocker. Let's go to the next song Let's before do we. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this one's called Copycat, which seems like a really weird kind of segue off of the bit we just had. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like this song to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. The vocal melody on it is super unique. Like, yeah. it's, it's not a vo- melody line that is very commonly heard, and I really I, I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that they were willing to experiment on, and I, f- I feel like it really worked out well in their uh, in their favor. Um, the groove of the song gives me like early Tesseract vibes. We get some sweet skank punk beats uh, before it goes into just honestly a really healthy uh, chunk of the song turns into a breakdown, mm-hmm. and I'm about it. Um, the and lyrically it's just it's literally talking about copycats of artists and how they feel about them yeah and so like it's just there's again it's just really straightforward uh songwriting that's not really something i'm personally a fan of and mm-hmm. i think feel like that's where my like for this song stops but that's really just a personal preference at that point yeah no and i get that so really the the opening riff of this song is especially noteworthy um it, it's really feels like it's a lot more technical than anything we had seen on the record thus far. Um, Just really, really good riffage. And we're getting to really see what Roman is capable of, um, just being able to play this kind of technical stuff. And that breakdown, as you kind of alluded to, is some of that just good heavy. Yeah. Um, It it was one of the few times that we've actually seen them do a breakdown on here mm -hmm. that isn't just like a musical break. Yeah, uh, which isn't the same thing as a breakdown uh, in like the terms of what we're talking yeah. about. What we're talking about, like when when we reference a breakdown, we're usually talking about like the syncopated chugs mm-hmm. uh, that are consistent with like palm muting and, and different uh, styles like that. Um, whereas like the musical breaks are kind of more like what we saw in uh, Call Me a Symbol, where it's more just kind of like these weird swirly riffs that are going on that mm-hmm. don't necessarily align with the song structure or anything like that but it, it's just it's a break for the music to kind of yeah. just take it where the take it the song where it wants to go yeah you know what else this song has what is this song it have? has blast beats yes it does i know you <laughs> oh, like your blast beats. i love it so you know this this definitely i wouldn't say is my favorite song on the record i kind of had a hard time um figuring out a song that i would count as my favorite but i definitely appreciated the the instrumentals on this one and just the the heaviness that this one brings so i just gotta again i gotta give the kudos to the band for just putting out solid stuff mm, yeah absolutely and then they put out pearls and swine this is a really odd opening riff but i will say that it is still pretty rad 
yeah again musically it's it's top tier like i, I don't mm-hmm. really have any complaints about this one musically um it, it uh, again it's just the lyrics yeah and they as i mentioned before the the phrase to cast pearls before swines biblical verse and uh, it really just talks about throwing yourself in front of fools because they're not going to know what to do with it just as yeah. a pig wouldn't know what to do with a pearl yeah and i like the concept of it and I feel like it could have been really well executed, but I just don't feel like it was. I yeah. feel like they just leaned really too hard into the pig aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And the whole song was just pearls and pigs. And I feel like it really just kind of missed the mark there for me on it. Yeah, no, um, I get that. Yeah, it, it just, musically, it was cool. It just doesn't really stand out on the record. And that mm-hmm. coupled with the uh, with the lyrics, I just, it kind of hurt the song for me a lot. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, this one, again, is just, it's another really heavy song. Um, the the cool thing is that, you know, that really cool opening riff is you don't get a whole lot of it before it jumps right into the heavy. So, a, again, we're getting to see them kind of show off a little bit, kind of what they're able to do instrumentally, writing these really cool riffs. Uh, but they do, it, it's that kind of less is more. So it, it kind of leaves you wanting the, them to do those really, really cool um, those really rad riffs, honestly. Um, course, I did find was a little strange in how much it differed from the rest of the song, but somehow they they're able to make it work. We saw it with Pisces and how how drastic of a difference that they're you know the these two sections were being the verses and the chorus, and the song is an absolute honestly masterpiece for a lack of a better way of saying it. So. Um, having this song kind of have that was th- this was a situation where I actually thought that they didn't completely fit together like Pisces did, but it still somehow worked because Ginger's able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we go into what is probably my favorite song on the record, mm-hmm. which is Sleep of the Righteous. How do you feeling on this one, Matt? So... With the beginning of the song is the best way to describe the heavy portion is what I'd call a controlled heavy. And I'll kind of take a take a moment to explain kind of what my thought process is. Here we go. So Tatiana screams in her really heavy mid-tone. And instead of the instrumentals going just straight balls to the wall, like we see a lot of metal bands do where it's just play fast, play heavy, is they have a little bit more there's a little bit more of a, a playfulness to it. Um, and you, you get the chugs mixed in with it, but there's a kind of a playfulness to it. So it's not just heavy brooding, disgusting, um, sounds like we typically see, but it's a little bit lighter. And I think that's kind of it, it, that contrast allows it to, breathe a little bit but it also gives it that variety that not enough bands really show off yeah um the kind of neat thing about this one is the premise of the song is about tatiana's first experiences and her continuing experiences with sleep paralysis okay uh which is if you've never experienced it quite terrifying i believe it's unpleasant um it has some really solid chugs in the beginning and like there's just a really great kind of proggy black metal influence throughout mm-hmm. this entire song and i really enjoy the dissonance behind it uh it's not qu- the black metal influence isn't quite as present on other parts in the record but this one i did notice it uh, distinctively 
Um, yeah, I, like I said, I really like this song. This is one of the ones whenever I was first listening through to the album was one of the standout ones. Yeah, uh, for it, me, this one is definitely a fun addition to the Ginger Wheelhouse. Um, we get the. I'll, I'll definitely make a note of the breakdown kind of in the middle of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it isn't enough to make it the heaviest song on the record. No, definitely um, not. But it's definitely a really good one. And we'll jump right into the title track of the record, simply titled Wallflower. Hit me with it. This one starts off with a really cool bass line. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy how they decided to kind of cool things off with the, with mm-hmm. just using the bass, and it's not even like overdriven or anything. Yeah. Um, so it's the bass line that really drives the song both rhythmically and melodically. Uh, and Eugene really does just get to show off on this one. Mm-hmm. Even once like the guitars and everything kick in, like it just, he's kind of just all over the place, and I love it. Yeah. Um, this one is. I believe almost all exclusively Tatiana's clean singing, which is kind of a nice take for the album. We hadn't yeah. really seen that yet, um, but she kind of gets a chance to show off, and I feel like it really fits the vibe of the lyrical content as well, which is um, really about her her uh, being an introvert and kind of struggling in uh, common like social situations. Yeah, and so like the term wallflower. It comes from the English term uh, of being a wallflower, which is just somebody who kind of like stands off to the side and doesn't really get involved with things. Mm-hmm. And that was not something that's or that that's not really a phrase that's common in Ukrainian language. And her husband had a uh, had just had given her that information that this is what that is, and she thought that that was like a perfect representation of what it was supposed to be. That's actually kind of dope. I that's actually really cool. That um, I had no idea that that was even a, a case. But you know, when you look at just how language are and how cultures are. There's a lot of things that just aren't, that don't translate over to other places. And it's just, it's not English quite. more than most creates these idioms yeah. that just don't translate to other languages. Uh, and so it's always kind of interesting, especially when we see like a TV and, and movie, uh, relations with that. Yeah. Um, we, we see a lot of that in things like NCIS, just mm-hmm. because I've seen that show too many times. And so I recognize, <laughs> but like they make a lot of play with that kind of stuff. Yeah. With one of the foreign characters that's on the show. Uh, so it, aside, uh, do you have any other notes on Wallflower? Here? Not really. Um, the only thing is be, you know, and I noted that it was a, a very, um, you know, a lot softer of a song compared to the other ones here on the record. And it was a, definitely a nice break to hear, um, that way it's not, you're not literally just getting punched in the gut song after song, but you get just kind of a, a moment to just, this is nice. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost a, soothing. It's a good breather for the album. It still fits in Ginger's wheelhouse. Oh, 100%. And I feel like the placement on the album is appropriate for what they were trying to build mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, no, exactly, for sure. So the next song we've got is Dead Hands, Feel No Pain. And it's, this is some more of that all over the place composition that this band makes work, including that soft, clean vocal over the um, the heavier instrumental, where you'd think that a heavier vocal style fits better, uh, but somehow Tatiana is able to make it just work so well over. Um, we get some of the really sick, heavy stuff, and then back to the softer. Um, the soft, softer, clean singing from Tatiana. Ginger, again, just proves that they're able to flourish with songs that change vibes throughout. And between the Barry to me, I'm calling you out. You guys just are not doing it for me. Um, if you guys haven't seen the Between and the Barry to me episode, definitely listen to that once you're done listening to this one. But Gabe, why don't you, uh, before I talk too much smack. I don't like this song. 
Really? I'm, I'm going to read you what the uh, what she had said in her interview in regards to what the song says. So th- th- this is her interview from Apple Music, and I quote, I was woken up one morning by a very loud noise of crowds outside my window. Uh, when I fell back asleep, I imagined myself sleeping in a cemetery with the noise of the crowd still in my head. Then I was sitting on the gate, the gates that lead to the cemetery. I'm on the edge. Am I dead or am I alive? I'm a lost soul, probably a ghost. So this is a song of a ghost. What? And like the only other thing that I could hmm. maybe make sense here is that the who the transcriber who moved who uh, put the the notes here in Apple Music maybe just mistyped it and it corrected to crowds instead of crows because there's a lot of mention of crows in the oh. album. And so I'm thinking maybe that's it. And that's why I'm so confused that uh, maybe, and like, I'm just kind of putting that together at the moment. So now I feel like it actually probably makes a little bit more sense <laughs> if that's the case, if it's not the case and no, the song makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah. Okay. So maybe that's it then. So I don't really have any good notes on this one then. That's fair. <laughs> so we'll just jump right into as I boil ice, which you had actually um, started providing some information that this used to be what the name of the record was. Um, I feel like since you've got all the, the wealth of knowledge, Gabe, Break it down for me. Well, that's really all the knowledge that I have. Like, I don't even... The, the, this Now song, I'm just sad, well, dog. You know, you're going to be even more sad. I, do, I really don't like this song because, again, lyrically, it is just scattered. I have no clue what this song is really about until I read the interview with Tatiana. Okay. Where she talks about how it's... Uh, how when she is, like, trying something out for the first time, she can't really be around people. Like, yeah. it, it's more about that social anxiety again, but, like... I, looking at the lyrics, I, A, I never would have guessed that. B, what is boiling ice? And because she talks about, like, everybody's taking warm baths, but I'm boiling ice. I'm like, I guess the metaphor is there, but it just, it feels weird. And again, it's kind of one of those things where they start honing in on a specific thing and they kind of don't let it go instead yeah. of allowing it to flow. And so just lyrically, the song kills it for me. The music really didn't have anything to really catch my mind after that. Yeah. So this one is, um, you know, I, I made a note here and in, in a way I'm kind of in a similar boat. Um, we see a lot of the things that we've seen throughout the record again in this song. Um, but this song doesn't grab my attention quite as much as some of the other songs that we've seen um, here on the record. I definitely think they made the right choice choosing Wallflower as the title track for the yeah. album. Yeah. And I, I would have to agree with that. Um, there's still, you know, it's a bummer since we're reaching the end of the record. Um, but I know that there's with any record, even if it's good or not, is there's going to be those one or two songs that just are different or don't quite bring the same heat as some of the like good ones Mm -hmm. that are on the record. Um, really appreciate the heavy sections on those songs. So I do have to just give that a call out for sure. And then we move on to the final track in the album. The piece de resistance. Mediator. Slaps. I love this song. The, the, so this, this is a track that said to me, let's do ginger. Yeah. Because I, when I heard this one, I'm just like, okay, I need, we need to do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is actually my favorite song on the record instead of uh, the Sleep of the Righteous. Okay. It's, it's a really close battle between the two. That's but like, fair. Th- this one here, the musically, like, it just, it's, they kind of start bringing it in. Tatiana screams, stop. 
There's just silence, and then go, and then they just go into this nasty blast beat before going into these crazy, swirly, proggy uh, riffs that they have going on throughout yeah. the rest of the song. And it's just... it. <clears throat> I love it. I love the, the music. The, and, and then lyrically, like the song, th- this is one of my f- favorite songs lyrically as well, mm-hmm. because it's what it's doing is just basically taking the the concept of. Uh, let, me, let me backtrack here. What what they're doing with this one is they're, it's a song to God, and they're not. Mm-hmm. She says, "If there is a God, or to whomever God," basically grabbing him by his beard and showing him how terrible humanity is. Yeah, and like I, I just think it's a cool concept for a song. It's not really something that I've seen before. No, and lyrically, it just matches up really well with the instrumentals. Yeah, no, the, this song is insane. Like the beginning is just absolutely insane. Um, we we see Tatiana come in with the clean vocals over this absolutely sick and just really jammy guitar playing by mm-hmm. Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, the drumming is unbelievable in this song. This is just an absolute banger to close out this record, and what a way to do it, yeah, man. Yeah, th- this is one of the better endings to a record that I feel like we've come across in I think the ones so. that we reviewed so far. I think this might, be, this might be, up to this point, might be the best that we've seen, at least up to this point. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm not going to agree with you because I can't remember everything that we've done right now. This is also, <laughs> I think it, definitely it's going to be sitting there up in the top four five easily at, and at potentially even top three just because there have been a lot of records we've seen that I, the, i'd be comfortable the, with that yeah um but that's gonna be it for the track by track breakdown so what we like to do is we like to rate these records on a scale of one to eight tentacles and gabe what's your rating uh for this one i gotta put it at a six. <gasps> okay what <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to gasp like very dramatically because honestly, I thought you were gonna rate it worse just kind of based on some of your notes. But I, it was like a. Pl- I was like, oh, okay, no, it's not. That as was bad not as what I thought it was gonna be. That was the. Uh, <gasps> you just committed murder. <gasps> murder. Murder. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm putting it at a six. Um, I feel like the good definitely outweighs the bad on this yeah. record. So like, yeah, th- there's there's a few uh, three songs specifically that like really jump out. Um, now now that with the dead hands feel no pain thing, I'm just, I don't even know how to feel about that one. So I'm taking that one out of the <laughs> equation. Um, but yeah, so like uh, with, with As I Boil Eyes, Pearls and Swine and Disclosure kind of just removed from the equation, like this album is a really good record. Yeah. With those ones added in, it brings it down, but I don't feel like it's enough of a weight to be like the Google rating system whenever you're rating a business where a one-star review tanks it so much harder than a five-star oh, review. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is stupid. Google fix your ish uh <laughs> working for a small business it it, it makes a difference it's it, it's very dumb anyway uh that being said um i feel like this album overall really shows a lot of really cool things it shows that the band's evolving it shows that they're evolving in the right direction mm-hmm. and it's showing the growth of the musicians both individually but a- as a band as well yeah and i feel like that's something that can't go ignored and it uh, finally it it shows that ginger is here to stay yeah that ginger is going to be really a recognizable name i I feel like they kind of are taking over what um like spirit box really was kind of doing Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong i know the spirit box is good i know you're like we're gonna play it 
Spirit Box. <laughs> but I feel like Ginger is doing more of what I want Spirit Box to do. And that's not really so much a knock on Spirit Box. It's just a, a preference on what I'm wanting to see from a metal band that's female-led. Are you? Is this the first episode that Spirit Box and or Courtney LaPlante was brought up in an episode and it wasn't me who brought it up first? Probably not. I usually bring it up to get you on edge anyway. What's your rating on this one, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a seven. Okay. This record is super dope. Like, we... Again, you know, and I, I quote, I pointed out the kind of all over the place compositions, and it's nice to see when a band is able to have these different things, but everything is just so cohesive. We see really good guitar work. We see really good drum work. Um, I wasn't able to pick out the bass too much, but I'd imagine that they, with it was based on thick. the dummy thick. <laughs> I love it. Um, I plan to return to this record just so much like th this record slapped fair enough but that is going to do it for our review of wallflowers by ginger what we're going to do now is go into our hidden track which is where matt and i talk about something outside of this album matt what do you got for me this week i think we got but we both got something a little special for us yep so august 29th um so this past sunday from the time of recording and time of release is i got to go to my first show in over a year um, the show, it was Megadeth, Lamb of God, Trivium, and Hatebreed. Metal tour of the year. Yep. And it was it was solid. I ended up leaving a couple songs in the Megadeth set. Um, Understandable. I left during song three, partly to beat the traffic. I respect Megadeth for what they've done for thrash metal and kind of um, paving the way for a lot of bands now. Um I, I think you might know, Gabe, but Dave Mustaine had throat cancer mm -hmm. a few years ago. Dude, I don't think they're going to be around too much longer. Um, and like Dave Mustaine has never been the best vocalist in any way, uh, but he sounded a lot rougher than he did before. I had another buddy who went to the same concert, and he had exactly the same thing. He's like, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to pull it much longer, which no. is unfortunate to say because, like you said, like Dave Mustaine really did pave the way for a lot of metal bands. Like, if you weren't into Metallica, you were into Megadeth. If you weren't yep. into Megadeth, you were into Anthem. If you weren't into Anthrax, you were into Slayer, and like that's that's the big four of thrash metal. And yep. to be rejected from one band and then go and start off another band that is in that same circle, then at that point with that much popularity, like that says something to you as a musician and to the the bandmates that he he takes along yeah. with him. And the musicianship, like the the sheer guitar playing that Dave Mustaine has, oh, is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I got to give them credit where credit's due. They opened up with Hangar 18, um, mm -hmm. which was nice because I haven't dug into their discography a whole lot, but it was nice to hear a, a familiar song and just be like, hey, I know this at least. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was nice to be able to say that I've at least seen Megadeth. If this ends up being a situation where this is like one of their last tours, um, at least I can say that I've seen Megadeth twice live now. So I'm kind of happy about that. Um Lamb of God came on and just absolutely slapped. Um, I even wrote down the set list for that for um, those of you guys who may be interested in listening to the songs. I can kind of go over them here in a moment. And I did the same thing with Trivium. For first time seeing Trivium, this was a an absolute... A pleasure is not the, the right way to say it, but it was... 
be, being able to see them for the first time and having it be that good just makes me want to go see them again. I'm so jealous and I hate you. I, I completely understandable. <laughs> um, and then real quick call out to hate breed. Um, I've been exposed to them since I was honestly like late elementary school, junior high and being able to hear some of the familiar songs with them too was fantastic. Um, but quick breakdown of set list for the two bands that I was able to get full set list. Um, Lamb of Gods is Memento Mori, followed by Ruin. Then we've got Walk With Me in Hell, Resurrection Man, Now You've Got Something to Die For, Set to Fail, New Colossal Hate. They were supposed to play 512, but apparently... Um, during that section, Randy had made a comment that Willie, the rhythm guitarist, was backstage pooping. <laughs> <laughs> if this is true, this is hilarious. If not, still funny. Um, after the what should have been 512, um, they ended up playing Vigil, Contractor, Late to Rest, and then closed it out with Redneck. Dude. The only thing that would be missing from that set list to really like make it my dream set list is Omerta. I, I would have loved to have seen that. So <laughs> I honestly, so I was thinking they were gonna play that at the beginning, but when they started with Memento Mori, and especially if you listen and it's the um like it just sounds like just acoustic and arpeggios, I think is the like the kind of the technique that uh, Mark's doing. If I don't I, know the song, so I can't confirm for sure. So. I would de definitely recommend listening to it. It's off their newest record, the okay. self-titled. Um, but it sounds like he's kind of, um, and it, it sounds like it's just off an acoustic and it's Randy doing this spoken word piece. And it's just mm. this really dark and kind of spooky kind of vibe. And what was really cool about it is in front of the stage is they had a curtain and it completely covering the stage and there was a light projected onto the curtain with the Lamb of God name. Mm -hmm. And during that whole time, so Randy's doing the spoken word. And as soon as it's the why God and you hear Randy scream it, and that's when everybody starts kicking in, is the curtain drops and it just it basically was just the place was getting leveled at that point. Nice. Um Trivium set list, which honestly was an absolute banger. Um Started out with In the Court of the Dragon, which we had actually mm -hmm. talked about a little bit here on the podcast, uh, followed by Catastrophist, What the Dead Men Say, mm -hmm. Down from the Sky, mm -hmm. Feast of Fire, yes. and then Ended with In Waves. Yes. Um, as I was looking back and kind of trying to remember everything as I was putting my notes together, I feel like I may have missed a song for some reason, um, but I'm pretty confident that that was the set list. They do have some longer songs, and especially with like In the Court of the Dragon yeah. is like a seven, eight-minute song. Yeah, in the Court of the Dragon is like seven minutes. Uh, Catastrophist is right in that same realm as well. Yeah. In Waves is like five minutes. Um yeah, no, no, they, they do have some longer songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so really, really good show to go to for the first one in over a year. So just absolutely jazz. Um, Gabe, I've been talking quite a bit. Why don't you take this one? I, too, went to my first show in about... 19 months let's go uh, i was a. Uh, it was a local just a, a small local show here in uh mesa arizona at the nile underground theater uh, been there in a while. yeah no it's it, so it, it was my first show in 19 months but it since i've been in the underground it's been at least two and a half years for me um so the uh the lineup on this one was a venda which is a uh they're a 
a small instrumental band. Um, they did a phenomenal job. Like instrumental bands are fewer and far in between. Yeah. And I feel like these guys just really knocked it out of the park. Um, they were fantastic. And uh, the vocalist uh, for the final band, or sorry, other way around, uh, the uh, lead guitarist for Avenda came up and did guest vocals on the uh, the final band's set. Oh, which I'll get cool. to them in a second. Um, and so he had some really nasty growls, which were really cool to hear, uh, especially since we didn't really get a chance to hear him on uh, on that one. Um, then it went into the band It's All Grizzly, which are kind of like this really uh, southern rock sludge kind of sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a good friend of mine is uh, the lead vocalist there, Justin Satterfield. Um, he they, they all did a phenomenal job. They were all super nervous, being that it's their first show back in like two yeah. years. And it's just... They they killed it. It was uh, a lot of fun, and um, it was also uh, my buddy's uh, daughter's first show that she had been to. Uh, oh, that's she, so cool. she was up there doing like her little arm swings and stuff like that, like she's <laughs> in a pit. It, it was it was very adorable. Uh, after that came uh, the band uh, Hazen. Excuse me, sorry, I blanked for a moment. Uh, okay. The band Hazen. Um, they're actually kind of uh, in the sim- in a similar vein of like Spirit Box and. Uh, and Ginger, where they're like a, a female fronted and uh, really, really cool riffs um, mm-hmm. that these guys uh, put out. Um, yeah, there's really nothing but positive things to say uh, about Hazen. Um, honestly, one of my favorite bands of the night was the next band, which was Marked Life. Uh, okay. They had like this almost kind of hate breed style going to them. Um, it was a bit more saturated and a little bit more chuggy than hate breed is. Okay. But like the, the front man just knocked it out of the park like vocally he was just on top of it they had the crowd going it was just absolutely otherworldly and then finally the um the headliner of the night was the band dead echo uh which features members from another local band called tarnish my name but it's just a a different side project for them uh and they release an ep on the uh on friday the 27th Mm -hmm. uh that they had written and recorded over quarantine and they just killed it. Absolutely killed it. Um, yeah, man, I loved it. And, oh, and one thing I did forget to mention as well is that, uh, uh, during it's all grizzly set, they feature a vocalist from a local band called American standards. And okay. uh, his name is Brandon Kellum and he, uh, managed to pop up and, uh, he, he was there for the show and he was able to do his vocal feature, which was super cool to see too. That is awesome. Uh, one of their new songs that they'll be releasing here soon. Um, also American Sanders just got signed. Uh, so they'll be, uh, heading out to New York to record an album. Once they do that, we'll definitely be doing that one. And we're also going to have Brandon on so we can chat with him and, uh, kind of, kind of go over that. Cause I, I used to take pictures for American Sanders, uh, mm-hmm. way back when, when I uh, used to do photography, but, um, yeah, man, it was it was so much fun. It Do was that. just so good to just. I, I feel like it, it was the best way for me to to go back to a show. It was just all local bands, just mm-hmm. getting to see all the people that like I really enjoy hanging out yeah. with, and just hearing their music again. And it, it was it was a great night. I I loved it because it, it was it was man, I just it was such a good time. Yeah, no, it same thing for me with that uh, metal tour of the year. Yeah. But that is going to do it for us today. Uh, we do appreciate it if you would like and rate and comment and subscribe to us on Apple Music, on iTunes, on uh, Amazon, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcasts, really wherever it is that you get your podcasts. We're also available on a variety of social medias, at Tentacle Bop. Uh, that'll be on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok, and on Instagram. Guess and where we're not? Twitter. hey Because nobody's reached out to us for beef yet. So <laughs> step it up. Hit us up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, next week, 
we're going to be doing a really early release because this is the start of our uh, two releases a week. Week. Yep. So obviously we're releasing Ginger here on the, the Friday when this releases. Uh, upcoming here this next Tuesday, we're going to be jumping into the new Phineas album, The Fire Itself. So definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely check that out. It's going to be super awesome. We're going to have some really sweet, awesome, spicy takes for you guys. But until then, we will see you later. Catch you in the next one.